Well, so we did have a revival uh, three nights. The first one was let him, talk about let him, let God be God. And number two day was water walkers. Are we water walkers or are we in the boat? So that was two. And number three was he never fails. And that kind of leads into Easter, doesn't it? He never fails. So yesterday I was in my slippers. I was walking out in the front yard, kind of like this. I was like this. What am I going to do for Sunday? Everybody knows the Easter story. What am I going to do? <laughs> Tom's in the garage. And this is what he does. He never fails! <laughs> that came out of my husband. I was surprised that he spoke like that. And I go, oh, yeah, he has never failed since I've been here Amen. sharing God's glory with you. We serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living. No matter what men may see, say, I see his hand of mercy. I hear his hope of cheer. And just the time I need him, he's always here. Now, I need to share this with you. I have this hanging in my bathroom. How do I know Jesus lives? How do you know Jesus lives? He lives within my heart. Amen. So every time I'm going to the bathroom, <laughs> you ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. And so these are great reminders. You know, the Bible says to write the word of God in your house. We forget. We fail him. You know, we were talking, Tom and I were talking about it, and we talk about the passages and scriptures all day long. That's all we talk about, pretty much. And he said, you know, God never fails. People fail. He says, but wasn't that if we didn't fail, we wouldn't need the cross. That was one of his little insights. If, he, if we as people didn't fail, we wouldn't need the cross. That's why he came, because we failed. But he never does. John 1, 12 says, says this, But as many as received him, to them gave him the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So I'm hoping that you today believe on his name and know that we serve a risen king. You know, there's a lot of deities out there. Let me turn me down a little bit. There's a lot of deities out there that have died. Didn't everybody die? All the, the different gods, they're all dead. The only one that is alive is Jesus. In your little folders there that we got today, I hope everybody received one. I have this bookmark. There's a story behind this bookmark. And it is a rock, and it has a cross on it. But it came from a post with a sign on it. And I was driving through River Pines, and I said, oh, that's the most amazing picture I ever saw. So I turned around, and I took a picture of it. And I wanted you to have a copy of it. Because it is Jesus, and he's the rock. We won't be moved as long as we're on the rock. We'll shake, rattle, and roll, but the rock won't move. That's our Jesus. And I wanted everybody to have one of those as a reminder that he is our rock. So, we're going to give a little account up to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I think that's a good place to start. 
So John 19 is our passage for today, and we are going to be talking a little bit about things in John 19. Because John 20 comes in a minute, okay? John 20 is when Jesus rose. But we need to set it up a little bit before. Um, matter of fact, in that passage of Scripture, the first thing it says is, Pilate scourged Jesus. Put a crown of thorns on him and a robe, a purple robe, around his shoulders. See, the religious leaders of the day incited the people to crucify Jesus. So let me ask you this question. By them inciting the people, was it still their choice? Did they take what the person said and go, oh, we're just going to do what he says? Or do they go, well, let's think about what they just said and let me do what I want to do, what I think is right. But no, what happened is that they listened to what the religious leaders of the day said. Because they said, you know what, this guy proclaims himself that he is the son of God, and that's blasphemous, and that's, that's a, a, a crucifixion type of a error that he made. We can kill him because he said that. So that's what the Jewish leaders were saying. So the people were like listening, going, oh, yeah, 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 let's crucify him, let's crucify him. You know, you get a crowd of people, what's going to happen? The crowd's going to agree with the crowd. But you have a couple of people that get out of the boat, that get walking on the water. So the religious leaders did this. So what happens today? Now, we had a big upheaval in Washington, didn't we? It was attacked. It was incited, supposedly, by somebody. Was that somebody there? No. The people were there, though. They chose to do it themselves. See, when the, the, the devil or the enemy speaks to you, are you going to do whatever he says to you to do? Or are you going to go, no, that's not good. That's not godly. I'm going to do what God says for me to do. See, we have to allow that stuff that comes in and out of our head through the news, through friends, through people, and weigh it out and say, no, I'm not going to follow the voice of the masses like these people did and crucify Jesus. I'm going to listen to that still, small voice. The people had a choice. Matter of fact, it says we are in the rights to crucify him because he has made himself the son of God. That's in the Bible. Now here's my very favorite part of this whole John 19. We talked about it in Sunday school this morning. It says in John 19, 10 and 11, Pilate said, I have power to release you. He's asking him all these questions. He's standing there before everybody just with a crown on his head and a robe and he's just all bloody and he's standing there and he goes, I can release you. Just tell me and I'll release you. Jesus looked at him and this is what he said. Thou has no power at all against me except it was given thee from above. You have no power against me except God allows it. Look at your life today. And we look at our lives and we say, but look, all this stuff is happening, the bad stuff, the good, you know, the, the icky stuff, uh, the health issues, the circumstances, the finances, my friends, the family, all these things are happening, God. And he says this to you. No, nothing has power 
against you except that were given and approved of by God. Everything that's happening to you isn't a mistake and an accident. It has been given to you or allowed to you to build you up, to strengthen you, and to call God your own. All these things in health, all of this stuff, is to get you to look up. It's to get you to see Jesus. That's why all the, you wouldn't need all this stuff if we already were looking. See, he gets us to looking from down here and up. Look at Job. What happened to Job? Okay, we've got the famous Job story where, I don't know, 38 chapters of him being attacked and has legions on his body. He's got all kinds of welts and, and he's sick and his hair's falling out. He looked horrible. Okay. Did God allow that? Yes. And what happened at the end? Everything was restored and more to him because he did not lose faith in God. No matter what's happening today, people, no matter what you're going through, the experiences you're experiencing, like you said on Friday night, he never fails. The Lord will never fail. Now, here's a little quote I like. <laughs> Everything's going to work out, the Bible says. But if it hasn't worked out, it's not the end yet. You're still going through it. So hang on, hang on. So then in that story, of course, he's on the cross. And he's standing in the middle between two thieves. And one thief railed him. Railed. That means just spoke to him. If your God, you know, wanted to get off the cross, I mean, just was just attacking him, attacking him. Then the other one said, hey, this man is not worthy of what we're getting here. We deserve this, but he does not. And he says to Jesus, remember me when you go into your kingdom. I think he was converted on the cross. Will you remember me? And Jesus said, today. You will be with me in paradise. Amen. Today, you will be with me in paradise. You know, that helps a lot of people who don't believe there's a heaven or anything after death. Because Jesus right there says, today, you're going to be with me in paradise. That's powerful. And then, of course, he laid his, you know, on the cross and it says, it is finished. And he gave up his ghost. Nobody took it from him. He gave it willingly. He gave up the ghost. Okay, that was prior. Okay, now Sunday's coming. Now, a lot of people say, well, how come you don't celebrate church on Saturday? I have a lot of people asking me that. That's because he rose on Sunday and we serve a risen king. We don't serve a, 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 a Jesus on the cross. We serve a Jesus that rose from the dead on Sunday. That's why we celebrate Sunday. It's easy. So what happens in John 20? We look at John 20. It's the resurrection. Verses 1 through 16. John 20, verses 1 through 16. The first day of the week comes Mary Magdalene, when it was yet dark, into the sepulcher. I want to tell you something. Did you know they didn't go on Saturday? They crucified Jesus on Friday. They waited a whole day. Why do you think they didn't go the next day? I don't know. For me, I would have gone the next day to see, you know, what's going on. 
is because it was Sabbath. And they said, we have to stay with the custom. No matter what, we need to not do anything on Saturday. But Sunday, bright early in the morning, they went. They were still obeying the law. Because Jesus had not yet ascended. He had not yet rose from the grave. So, verse 17. I'm going to jump down to there. And I said that, and I just love it. Well, first of all, he's in the grave, right? He got, he was raised from the grave. Jesus, you know, the people went in. Uh, the disciples ran down. They went in and looked. They saw that he wasn't there. And they went home. That's what the Bible says. And they just went home. Mary lingered. And she was crying. And Jesus said this to her. Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father. But go to the brethren and say to them, I ascend to my father and your father and to my God and your God. Okay, this is what's interesting. There's two things happening here. Don't touch me because I have not yet got a glorified body. He had to ascend. And then he says, tell them to wait for me. I'm going to come. I'm going to come. That evening, that evening, he appears among the ten. Because, of course, Thomas wasn't there. And Judas was gone. So the ten. He stands in the midst of them. And he, of course, and later on, here comes doubting Thomas. Well, I have to see for myself. And so Jesus said, touch me. He just said to Mary, don't touch me. But he went and got glorified. Flesh and blood got glorified. Because when he came back to earth, you can't touch a ghost. Jesus was flesh and blood. And he said to Thomas, touch my hands. Thrust your hand into my side. He touched him. I don't think we realize that. There is got to be flesh and blood, the resurrected kind, in heaven. When Elisha went up in the whirlwind, I don't know. He was flesh and blood when he was here. And he got taken, translated up into heaven. I don't know what that looks like in heaven. I know God's a spirit. But I also know that there's some flesh and blood that went up. Now, in our little thinking, we're thinking, well, you know, flesh and blood. But it could be translated up. But Jesus now could walk through doors. He can appear, he can disappear. And he could eat. You know, the scripture says in uh, John that Jesus says, I am not going to eat again with you. This was at the uh, communion when he was doing the Last Supper. I'm not going to eat with you until the Lord has fulfilled what needs to be fulfilled. Obviously then, it got fulfilled because now he ate with them. You know what? He ate with them after he rose from the dead. He hung out with the, you know, he went fishing. He went fishing. If you look at the last ch chapter, uh, John 21, John 21, they did this big old haul of fish. This was after Jesus rose from the dead. Sometimes we get the stories mixed up. But this was after Jesus rose from the dead. And do you know what other story that we always hear about? He told them, feed my sheep. He said to him, Peter, you love me? Yes, I love you, Lord. 
Then feed my sheep. Do you know he said it after he rose from the dead? This wasn't a story on the mount or in Matthew. It's at the end when he was alive after he rose from the dead. Powerful. So what is he doing with us today? He's eating with us. He's got his finger on us. He's hanging out with us. John 21, 25 ends with this, and I really love this passage. It says, and there are also many other things which Jesus did after he rose, if they should be written every one. I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. So that tells me that after Jesus rose from the grave and he walked among the people and he did certain things, he did so much at that point, I believe, that it was not enough paper in the planet to write everything Jesus did. And then he had the guys come away with them to another area and say, okay, I'm going to pull you in. This is where I'm going to ascend forever to be with my Father in heaven. His word is alive. We serve a living Savior, a living God. There's a, a movie that says God is dead, you know. Well, we know, we know different. But it actually proves that he is not in that movie. He's alive and sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us always. I like what Butch says, and he said this before. He says, you know what Jesus is doing? He's waiting for his Father to say, go get my kids. I like it. He's going to return one day. 1 John 5.13 says this. Jesus came to give us confidence that we have eternal life. You know, a lot of people go, well, I don't know that I do. I'm not really sure right now that I have eternal life. I hope I do. You can know. It says it right here. Jesus came to give us confidence that we have eternal life. These things I have written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. Believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know you have eternal life. When you believe on Jesus, he will give you the ability to know. I can't make myself know or believe anything, but it will come from the Lord. And then John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave. God gave his son to die. You know, in Isaiah 53.10, did you, did you know what it says there? It says, God was pleased to bruise Jesus. You know, you look at it and go, wow, look at all that stuff that happened to Jesus. And you loved Jesus? So, hey, honey, we're going to also go through some stuff. We're going to also experience some hardships. We're going to also go through things. But he's held on to the end. He endured the cross to the end. He stuck it out because he knew his father loved him. And he knew there was a greater purpose. God doesn't give us more than we can handle. But helps us handle what we've been given. Amen. God doesn't give us more than we can handle. But helps us handle what we've been given. We serve a risen Savior. And he never fails. I'm going to close with a story. Just a real quick message. 
letting you know a little bit about before and after the cross and that Jesus is here and he's still alive by the way. Well, there was a woman and she got into an airplane and she had to go to another country and they're taking off in this airplane and in the middle of flight, the plane began to shake and rattle and all kinds of things, found that they were in the middle of an electrical storm. And so the woman is, you know, seeing all the people, they're screaming, they're yelling, the, the waitresses, the carts are going side. It's just a mess. Ever been into a, a turbulent airplane? Well, this was 10 times worse because this was an electrical storm. So they're flying around in there. And so here she is inside. The people are just all over, massive hysteria. She looks over to the woman sitting next to the window, and she has her head down. So she bends over and says, hey, are you a Christian? Are you praying? And she says, yes. She goes, can I pray with you? Yes. So they began to pray. And within 10 minutes, the whole inside of the plane was at peace because they were praying that there would be peace in the midst of the storm in this plane. Amen. And that there would be peace outside the plane and the storm would be ceased. So they began to pray and within 10 minutes everybody settled down. The plane was still rocking around, but they weren't. They were at peace. So while the storm was still raging outside, she decided to take a picture. I'm going to take a picture of this electrical storm. So she reaches over in the window and snaps it. They land safe and sound. They got to the other side. She takes the film in to get developed. Later on, the developer calls her and says, where'd you get this picture? And she says, well, I was in a storm and I was looking out the window and I took this picture. He goes, because you gotta come here. You gotta see this picture. I gotta talk to you. She got down to where he was at, and he says, because of this picture, my whole family is saved. I received Christ as my Savior, and this is the picture that came out of it. All she saw was lightning. All she saw was flashing. You can't see his face, you cannot see his face, but you recognize the position. He was in the storm. He's in your storm. Take a picture in your heart. Take a picture in your heart and say, wow, Jesus is in my storm. He's in my life. I have not been forgotten. My prayers are being heard. You do respond. You do answer. You look back in your life. He has never failed you, has he? If you look back in your life, you can say, you know what? He has not failed. He's always met my need, not in the way that I wanted it or in the time. Maybe I'm still waiting for a few others. But he is still there. Now, I did this message in an article this last week. It's in the newspaper. I'm praying that those that read that article see this picture and the picture of the rock. Grab a hold of Jesus Christ, who is the foundation of why we're here. 
The only reason why I'm standing here is because of the Lord. I would be out, you know, boating or, you know, shopping or what. No, this is why I'm here because of what Jesus did on the cross and what he's still doing today because he's still alive in our hearts. He's still alive and he wants to be in your life. Will you let him? That was the first message, I believe, at the revival. Will you let him? Will you let him in your life? Will you let him be God? Let go and let God. Have you ever heard that? So when I was outside going, what do I talk about? Lord, help me. I need your help. He didn't fail me, did he? Did he fail me today? No. no. Amen. Because he appeared and he showed up. And he showed off. He's a good God. Through Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Ghost. We need all three. When I'm alone in my house, and I'm standing in the living room, and I'm alone. Anybody get alone? And you're just, oh, with me. I have no friends. Who can I call? The Lord says to me this. He goes, just do a group hug. There's me, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and there's some angels. So I was like, group hug, group hug in the living room. See with your spiritual eyes. Through the power of the Holy Ghost that's given those eyes to you to see with. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and he talks with me. A long life's narrow way. I tell you, when I saw that picture, I broke. I cried because of his life that he gave to me. So that he can be in my storm. So that he can get rid of the storm. So that he can save me. So that he can bring me uh, into the Father's presence. I don't need a man to bring me there. I can go straight to God myself through Jesus Christ who is our way, the truth, and the life. Now I don't know everybody here. Some people I do know. But I'm going to give you an opportunity to meet this Jesus. Not any Jesus. I know I have a my, my granddaughter is dating Jesus. That's his name, Jesus. But that ain't the Jesus I want you to meet today. I'm going to meet him in August, actually. I'm going to go over there and visit my grandchildren and get to meet this Jesus. So I'm going to bring this picture with me. Do you know this one? So I'm asking you the same thing. So can you bow your heads with me? And we're going to take a few minutes right now. And just come to the Lord with our hearts and say, Father, this is Resurrected Sunday. This is the day you rose from the dead. You are alive. And I'm asking, Lord, that you live in my life today and fulfill everything that I need in my life. And that I trust you when it doesn't look fulfilled to still stay in faith. To still remember you're in the storm. Father, you didn't calm the storm in that lady, with that lady. You didn't calm the storm outside. It didn't get at peace. But when Jesus appears in the storm is when you can have internal peace. The inside of the plane have internal peace. Your world may rock and roll. The things may happen in your life that could just tear you apart. But do not let it happen. You have a choice. Are you going to listen to the voices of the world or are you going to listen to the still small voice and, and receive what Jesus has done for you today? 
So say this with me. Just repeat this prayer with me. Dear Heavenly Father, Dear Heavenly Father I, recognize, I recognize and I take responsibility, I take responsibility for, my for my own life that you are the Savior. And I need you. I need you in my storms of life. And I thank you for saving me and for forgiving me and cleansing me from all unrighteousness. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen.